Book One, Chapter Seven of Round the Block by John Bell Booten. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Boy Bog. In reply to the invitation, come in, a tall boy opened the door and started back on seeing a stranger. Do come in, Bog, said Mr. Minford. I have good news to tell you. This is a friend of ours, Mr. Wilkeson. What with his running of errands and doing little jobs for us, we really couldn't get along without him. Oh, walk in, Bog. You're always welcome here. Now do come in, Bog, added the little girl, in a winning tone, rising from her stool, stepping to the door, and placing a hand on his shoulder. The newcomer, after a few shuffles on the threshold, and an unintelligible murmur of words, walked in with painful awkwardness, and took a seat upon a corner of the chair which Pet offered him as if the whole chair were more of a favor than he could conscientiously accept. He was a bony, strongly built stripling, with a record of anywhere from seventeen to nineteen years written in his red, resolute, honest face. He wore a coarse but neat suit of boy's clothes, one inch too small in every dimension. A white turn-down collar and a black neckerchief fastidiously tied, and carried a slouched cloth cap in his hand, with which he slapped his knees alternately, after he had taken a seat, and continued to do so without cessation. "'Well, Bog,' said Mr. Minford, kindly but condescendingly, "'you are just in time to hear good news. This gentleman has taken a partnership in my invention.' Mr. Minford thought it best to state the case that way and with his assistance I shall be able to complete it and bring it before the public immediately. Glad to hear it, sir, answered the boy Bog, blushing hard, lifting his eyes from the floor long enough to glance at Mr. Minford and his daughter, and all the while slapping his knees vigorously. He is in the bill-posting business, said Mr. Minford to Marcus. You may have seen him at the head of his company of walking advertisers. Ha-ha! Marcus remembered having seen that honest face, that thick head of hair, and that identical cap, sticking out of the top of a portable wooden frame covered with placards, setting forth the virtues of quack medicines, the excellencies of dry goods, or the unequaled attractions of concert saloons. He also remembered that this wooden frame was much taller than any of the long procession of frames which followed it, and that from a hole in the right side thereof protruded a fist about the size of the boy Boggs, clutching a broomstick with which the inmate kept a semblance of order among the willful and eccentric occupants of the frames behind him. "'Oh, yes, I have seen you very often, Bog. How do you like the business?' said Marcus pleasantly. "'Very well, sir, thank you,' replied Bog, with his eyes still on the floor. "'Cept when the boys poke fun at us, cause we can't run after em in them boxes, and wallop em. "'S rather hard, that.' Bog caught Miss Minford's eye as he concluded these remarks, and blushed till he perspired, to think that he should have dropped such a brutal observation in presence of that young lady. Mr. Minford noticed the confusion of his young friend, and unintentionally added to it by saying, "'Bog is a good boy. By his industry he earns eight or ten dollars a week, not only supporting himself, but his aunt. 
not this week nor last week neither mr minford said bog mopping the modest sweat from his brow with the sleeve of his coat the advertisin line ain't as good as it used to be i only got three jobs with my company the last fortnight and nary cent of pay from any of em of course all my boys had to be paid just the same and you paid them asked marcus certainly said bog then be good enough to accept five dollars from me as a reward for your honesty said marcus acting upon another of his impulses no thank you sir no thank you returned bog quickly to prevent marcus from pulling the money out of his pocket i shan't take it sir i won't have it anyway i'm goin into the reg'lar bill postin business as jack fink's assistant to-morrow and can earn all i want bog blushed but this time with honest pride though he was flustered to look up and see that miss minford nodded in approval of his independent spirit bog then slapped each knee about a dozen times with his cap and betrayed many symptoms of fever-heat and great mental distress after which he said that he had only called to see if he could do anything for them now do you mean to tell us that it is not a regular new year's call said mr minford playfully and that you have not a dozen more to make bog looked guilty of an enormous fraud dropped his cap in his confusion twice murmured something inaudible rose to his feet and backed out of the room making one comprehensive bow to everybody and saying good night before it was two p m as bog shut the door everybody laughed but not so loud as to be heard by the boy and under the cover of the general good-humor marcus rose and said that he must go he was afraid he had made his visit too long for a first one he would call again on the following day if agreeable and complete the proposed arrangement in conclusion he placed his card in mr minford's hand with the names of a few references penciled on the margin mr minford was very sorry that their pleasant acquaintance should take his leave so abruptly and hoped that they would enjoy many visits from him not merely as a business partner mr minford laid emphasis on this but as a friend pet repeated her father's regrets and hopes in the more impressive language of her sweet eyes and for the twentieth time that day conjured up in the memory of marcus wilkeson a vague reminiscence of the distant past. End of Book One, Chapter Seven.